Welcome to the Well SGV podcast. We exist to multiply followers of Jesus rooted in the gospel who worship, walk, and witness to God's glory. Here's our message for the week. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, this is one of the most festive times of the year for everybody. But especially for us as believers, as followers of Jesus, this is really um, one of the most joyful occasions or times of the year for us. And it uh, kind of reminds me of a story of two women who were having lunch at an elegant hotel. And uh, they were celebrating, one of them was celebrating the birth of her, her baby son. And uh, another woman approached them at the hotel, hey, what are you doing? Uh, well, we're, she said, we're celebrating my, my uh, you know, son's birth. And then she asked, oh, well, where is your son? And then the lady replied, well, you didn't expect me to bring him here, did you? That's supposed to be kind of funny. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, that, check that off. Okay. Um, anyway, there, there's a difference, right, between celebrating Christmas and celebrating Jesus or celebrating Christ. And as we talk about the celebration of Jesus into this world in the incarnation, uh, this is honestly one of the things that I think for us, or for myself, you know, celebrating now Christmas for, wow, (laughs) speaking of which, okay, the Lord is here. Um, But yeah, uh, speaking of which, now as a Christ follower for, you know, 35 years, uh, every year when I think about Christmas, like it, it amazes and astonishes me to think that God took on human form, human nature, became a man, was born as a baby. And this is one of those things that's really, honestly, the longer I'm a Christian, I find it absolutely astonishing. Hard to completely wrap my, my, my mind around. And... Uh, This is something that, you know, when you think about the Christmas story and you think about uh, this truth and this this wonder, this gospel, I mean, apart from the Spirit and apart from God's working in our life, how how can we completely understand this? Well, this was hard for Joseph too. And... um, I want to go into this narrative of Matthew chapter 1, talking about Joseph and Mary, the scripture that we just read. And let's look at how Joseph understood this as well as the angel announced this to him. Verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. And when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, a lot of times we look at this narrative or this scene and we kind of picture, you know, Mary and Joseph with their baby Jesus and they seem really peaceful. But when Joseph found out about Mary being pregnant, this was anything but peaceful. You know, it says here in the Bible that before they came together, she was found to be with child. And really the best way to understand this is not simply that she was found to be with child, but she was really found out to be with child. That's the way to understand this. And no one forewarned Joseph, right? No one told him ahead of time that 
this person that you were betrothed to Mary is going to be pregnant. How did Joseph find out that Mary was pregnant? You know, as they were in this betrothal period, maybe Joseph noticed Mary's stomach being a little bit bigger than usual and growing and kind of wondering, hey, what's going on? You know, this is, this is different, right? And you can kind of imagine Mary. Uh, she is having a hard time maybe trying to really explain this to Joseph. You know, what's going through Mary's mind is, you know, Joseph, uh, well, I, there's something I want to try to explain to you, but it's really hard to explain. You may not understand this. It's hard to believe, right? Uh, this was something that was just incredibly difficult for them to try to wrap their minds around. And for Joseph, for him to discover that Mary was pregnant or was with child, uh, this did not make sense at all. Nothing of this made sense. And if anything, when he found out, it was all wrong. You know, for him, he must have felt deeply betrayed, right? He must have felt like, here's a person that I trusted. Here's a person that we were going to spend our lives together with. And then to discover that she is now pregnant by someone else, that I am not the father of this child, you can imagine what is going through her mind or his mind as this is happening. You know, for Joseph, this was too much to handle. And the Bible says here that Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, this word shame, uh, a lot of times our understanding of shame is maybe embarrassment, like, oh, just kind of really, but shame had a deeper connotation than this. Back then, it was not just embarrassment, it was that she was, this was punishable by death. For her to be caught in adultery, which is what this implied, she could have been executed by Jewish law. This was the idea of shame. And Joseph said, you know, I don't want her to be put to death. I don't want her to face public disgrace the rest of her life. I would rather just divorce her quietly. Right? This is what's going through his mind. Verse 20, But as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph still did not understand everything that was happening. Right? He couldn't completely get his mind around it. And from this point on, Joseph finally is, is he's told by this angel, just go ahead and marry Joseph. So he obeys. But from this point on, Mary and Joseph's life would completely take a radical turn. They would no longer be the same. Imagine, right? Mary's pregnant. The community knows about this. They've done the math. They've done the calculations. But Joseph is going to proceed to marry her. And they're going to live in disgrace. They're going to be judged silently, or maybe not so silently, by the community. 
And this is going to be how they're going to live their lives. And on top of that, we're, we're told that Jesus is going to be born in Bethlehem. Their hometown is in Nazareth of Galilee. And you can imagine that as Mary and Joseph are preparing to have this child, they're going to go to Bethlehem. The distance from Nazareth and Galilee to Bethlehem is about 90 miles. Now, could you imagine 90 miles? You're in your last trimester of pregnancy. And they're going to walk this trek, this journey, 90 miles. And a lot of times we have this picture or like this image that, you know, Joseph, there he is, he's riding along with Mary, and Mary's on this donkey. The Bible doesn't say that. In fact, they probably walked the whole distance without a donkey because to have a donkey meant that you were wealthy, you were well off enough to be able to do that. And they didn't have that kind of money. So more than likely, they're walking 90 miles in her last trimester of her pregnancy from Nazareth to Galilee to have this child. By the time they get to Bethlehem, we're told that there is no room for them at the end, at the inn. Right? There's no guest room available. And so there's no guest room. So where do they have the baby? They have the baby in a manger. And the manger is a feeding trough. This is where you, you feed the animals. Mary's giving birth where animals normally drink and feed from. They're so poor. This is how Jesus' birth comes about. Now, could you imagine, if you're the neighbor... And you saw this happening, right? And you saw a couple come, and they are, you know, they're having their baby in these very unsanitary conditions, you know, and maybe this is normally where they put their pets, their dog, their cat, all of that. They swap out, you know, the dog, the cat bowl, they kind of whatever, and they fill it with water. And this is kind of where Mary then is having her baby, or you see this happening, what would you do? I mean, you call the abuse hotline, right? You get the authorities, like, this is not right. And yet, this is exactly the conditions that we find that Jesus is born. And this is Mary, this is Joseph, and this is their life. Yeah, what does it say? When Jesus comes into your life, yeah, he's going to turn it upside down. Things may not make complete sense. And even by the world, they may not understand. You may get shamed, you may get ridiculed, ridiculed, all these things may happen. But when Jesus comes into your life, you say, Lord, I, I believe in you. I trust in you. You are the king. And you're willing to obey. And maybe the plans that you have for your life, and maybe the direction that you thought that you were going, the Lord takes that, he turns it upside down. And he then directs it in a way that may lead to being misunderstood. And this is what we find, even back then. But why? Why would we, as those who follow Jesus, why would we be willing to to have our lives turned upside down? Why would we allow Jesus to completely redirect our lives? And there's a couple things I want you to see in this passage. 
verse 21, there are two identities that are given, and there are two things that are revealed to us about Jesus. Verse 21 says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And the important, the two important truths, one is that Jesus is our Savior. He is a Savior. She will bear a son. You will call him Jesus. What is in the name? What is in the name? Everything is in the name. Abraham is called, he's changed from Abram to Abraham by God. And Abraham means the father of a multitude, the father of a nation, of many. Jacob, his name means to follow behind. Peter, Jesus gives him the name Rock. You will be a rock, and this will be your confession of me as the Messiah. This is how the church is going to grow. Peter goes from being a coward who betrayed and denied Jesus three times to then being a rock that God uses for the church. And then when you and I become believers in Jesus, he gives you and I a special name. He gives you a name. And you know what name he gives to his son? God gives this name, Jesus, to identify, this is my son. And what does Jesus mean? It means the Lord is salvation. The Lord saves. He saves from sin. We were created in the image of God. We were meant, meant to reflect God, to serve him. But in our sin, we chose to rebel against God. And all that's wrong in the world is owing to our sin and our rebellion against God. Everything that you see wrong, it's because of sin. And yet God, in his grace, he sends Jesus to this world, to you and I, born as a baby, to do what you and I could never do. He lived this life perfectly. He went to the cross, and he reconciles you and I back to God. This is the promise that he gives is, whoever then puts their trust in him receives eternal life. We just sang this one Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And I love this part where it says, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Right? Through Christ, that we can be reconciled with God. This is the good news of Jesus, of his birth. He is a Savior who reconciles us back to God. But the second thing that we find is Jesus is Emmanuel. And what is Emmanuel? It means that Jesus is God with us. So, verse 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the other name that God gives to Jesus. This is really important. In the Old Testament, if you were to try to approach God, and you go to the tabernacle, you try to approach the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence, and if you are drawing near and you are not fulfilling the right regulations, then you would be destroyed. But what is Emmanuel? Jesus shows us when, God, when he comes into this world that God is holy, but he is loving at the same time. This is what Emmanuel means, what Jesus shows us. If God is holy, 
but he were not loving, he would require you and I to go up to him. But if God were loving, but he were not holy, then he would not come down to us because there's no need to come down to us. But because God is both holy and loving, he came down. And he comes down to do what we could not do for ourselves. See, Jesus is the one. He's the one who paid the penalty for our sins. He paid the debt of our sin on that cross. This is why Jesus comes. He is God Emmanuel. He is the Savior. And when Jesus comes, it means that we can actually know him personally. Right? When Jesus comes, what did he do is he spent 33 years here. But three years with his disciples, 12 disciples. And what did they do with Jesus? They spent all their time with Jesus. They lived with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They followed Jesus. They listened to Jesus. They heard his teachings. They did all of these things with Jesus. And they saw Jesus. And when they saw Jesus, they saw what God was like. Jesus is the one who shows compassion to widows, to the sick, to the lame, the blind. He forgives sinners who repent. He confronts religious leaders and Pharisees of their hypocrisy. He shows what true compassion looks like. He shows what true righteousness looks like. This is what Jesus shows us. And these disciples have this relationship with Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us, means that today, that you and I, we can actually know God personally. Jesus shows us who God is, and we can know him. This is the good news. And it also means that he is the one who promises to know us and never leave us. Not only do we know Jesus, but he will know us, and he will not forsake us. You know, as we look back in this past year, 2023, I want you to reflect, and this is a good time to look back on the year and look back for those of you who know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Look back at all the different obstacles, the challenges that you faced, all the situations where you felt like, I don't know how there is going to be a way in all of this. All the times maybe you heard some really bad news. Look back on these moments in 2023, but what did you see? What did you experience this past year? That as you look to the Lord, and as you turn to the Lord, did you not see God's grace sustain you? God's goodness, God's faithfulness, and God leading you in ways that you could not have imagined? This is Emmanuel. This is God with you and I. This is what it means. It's been incredible to see situations this past year that seemed impossible for me and situations where I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. And yet to see that as, you know, as we came before God, to see God answer prayer, to hear our prayers, for God to work in ways that were absolutely miraculous. This is what we saw in 2023. And the fact that we are gathered here tonight as the people of God, 
the Well SGV. My goodness, this is the power, the grace of God. This is Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? Uh, I want you to just come before the Lord right now, and as we sing about and as we worship Jesus, um, he is the one who promises, I will never leave you. He is the one who never forsakes us. He is God Emmanuel. And I want us to come before the Lord and uh, just worship him. Say, thank you, God. I worship you. I praise you. And I want to just lead us in a prayer right now uh, with that. God, we thank you in this place. We praise your holy name. God, we thank you that you saw that we were lost in our sin, in our darkness, but you did not leave us here. Lord, you came. And you came as God, Emmanuel. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the word incarnate. You are the living God, the living Christ. And we worship you this evening. And we thank you for the eternal life that you give to us. Lord, I pray that if there's someone even here tonight that has not invited you in, Lord, I pray that they would invite you in even this evening, that they would receive you tonight as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we confess that we are sinners, but Lord, we trust in your perfect love and what you've done for us on the cross. We thank you, Jesus. You came in this world. You are risen. You are exalted. You are king. And Lord, we surrender our lives to you. And we thank you. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love to hear from you and help you take one step closer to Jesus. To contact us or for more information, please go to www.thewellsgv.org.